Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM. I'm about to hit you with a fresh clue for our breakfast Bible quiz. It's a what am I clue go quiz, and this is our fourth clue. John the Baptist preached that every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and cast into this. Hmm. There you go. What might that be? Something if you know the answer, give us a call. one 800 is our number. And, of course, as we mentioned earlier in the show, and as we continue to mention every now and then, if you are doing your Christmas road trip and you find that as you are driving along the road, you suddenly drive out of range and can no longer pick up Faith FM, that's because you are doing it wrong. That's yes. not how people listen to the radio anymore. Jump over to digital radio. Absolutely. Perfect so download signal. the app. Uh, the iTunes, not the iTunes, the uh, the, uh, the tune, tune app. in app. Yeah, <laughs> get, yeah. get it right uh-huh. here in a minute. Uh-huh. Download the tune in app to your mobile device. Just plug and play. Run it through your car stereo, and you'll have Faith FM right across Australia wherever you drive on your road trip. Now, Lyle, I wanted to mention something. Yes. So they've done this study this uh, this holiday season, this silly season, mm-hmm. uh, where they tested the levels of joy, levels of happiness between gift givers and gift receivers. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, like they, they got some people, got some volunteers, and then these people went out and gave away free iPads, free bicycles, free money. And then they tested, you know, neurologically their levels of happiness um, and compared the spike to the people who were receiving the freebies. And guess what they discovered? It's more blessed to give than receive. Oh, yeah. People who give away stuff, like they feel good, not only a higher level of happiness, but a from longer period as well. So it lasts does it, give a, does it give a percentage or a ratio or anything like that? Um, it does, but I'm not going to read them all out because there are lots of numbers and they're very boring. But I am going to tell you mm-hmm. that um, you can donate and feel good today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have a way of you being blessed today. Yes, yes. A and longer and a bigger blessing than receiving a gift. That's right. And and I want to thank so much the people who have been donating. Uh, I am, of course, talking about our trip to Africa. It's coming mm. up very soon. Uh, we are almost at our target, actually. I think we're about $2,000 short of our target, our $6,000 target. Um so Lyle and myself and a team of other people are going over to Africa at the end of January. Uh, we're going to Kenya and Ethiopia and we've been doing uh, mission we trips. To Egypt. <laughs> we should. We should go everywhere, Lyle. <laughs> it's just <laughs> Hear about that new tomb they discovered. Yes, very exciting stuff. Um, so Still I'll- sealed. Still sealed and full of... Original seals on it. Mm-hmm. Lyle, this is not about that. You're making people think we're going on some sort of tourist trip. We're not. Ah, we're going on a I want to go trip. so badly. It's a mission trip. We just want okay. to clarify that. <laughs> All right. So I'll be working we won't, we at won't, a... Um, we won't go to Egypt. <laughs> I'm going to be working... Look, if you want to tack Egypt on the end, go for it. But <laughs> we're not raising money for you to go to Egypt and have a look at stuff. All right? <laughs> we this are is valid history research. What are you talking whatever, about? Whatever, Trevor. looking at stuff. Get your workplace to fund that Come then. Come on. Oh, by the way, we should mention Faith FM isn't actually um, funding anything. You know, I've had people say, well, why don't you just get Faith FM to fund it? This is not a, a Faith FM funded event. We need funding for Faith FM. Yeah, yeah. So Lyle and I, we're um, paying our own way, essentially. Um, uh, so I'll be working at a pop-up uh, health clinic roving throughout Kenya for the month of February, um, providing free medical aid for impo- you know impoverished Kenyans. Uh, we, we're going to be working with um, a group of people that live on a rubbish dump out there in Kenya, and then in Ethiopia throughout March, um, Lyle 
and myself, it seems, will be preaching campaigns uh, in Ethiopia, and uh, it's going to be amazing. Yes, now this is some this is some exciting <laughs> news. Some exciting news, breaking news right here. <laughs> Monica is actually going to be preaching in Ethiopia. Oh, we so thought nervous. that Mon was just going to be doing radio in Ethiopia, and mm. now she's going to be doing a full series of presentations. So you need to be yeah. praying for Mon, and uh, of course she's going Please to do exceptionally pray for me. well. I have never preached before. I'm very, very nervous. Yes, but you are a good speaker and you topped your local uh, Toastmasters. Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. So if you can speak in Toastmasters, then I think you're not going to struggle. But winning awards in Toastmasters, like preaching and that that kind of public speaking is different. You know, you know how teaching and preaching in and of itself are both different presentations. And so, yeah, I've never. More comfortable to stand up and teach. Just, yeah. just teach the Bible. That's all have to do that. you need to do. So keep us in prayer, but also please donate. We are trying to raise $6,000 for medical supplies. We want to be really transparent with you and tell you that all the money, 100% of donations are going just to medical supplies. It's not going to anything else, no airfares, accommodation. Everything else has been sorted. We're just raising money for medical supplies. Um, so this is... Um, you know, for medicines, for equipment, you know, bandages, even things like spectacles. We have, um, you know, one of the most popular things that these people come for uh, to the medical clinic is to get uh, eyewear, eyeglasses, um, you know, to help them with their vision. And uh, and so we would love for you to donate to that. We would we really appreciate so much the people who have already donated. There's been some very generous donations coming um coming from the community here. You can uh, go on the website and do that donation. Uh, go to kenyahealth.org. and the top of the page is a donate tab and uh, you can get yourself a receipt. It's all tax deductible. Or you can just give us a call. Just give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the same number as ever. 1-800-324-843 and we can uh, process a donation for you. Or you can come along to Maitland Church and you see our Kenya Christmas tree. We have a Christmas tree in the foyer. It's all decorated with uh, envelopes with pictures from last year's clinic in Kenya. Um, so the actual patients' pictures are on there, little kids all smiling and stuff. You know, It has a focus on women and children that the, the clinic does. And uh, and you can just pop some donations in the uh, in the envelope. So yeah, so that's what we would like to, like to remind you of. And, and of course, you will feel really good about this and you'll feel good for a long time about it. Mm-hmm. Science has proven and it course, is more um, blessed to give to than to receive. You can put it on that Christmas tree when you come to listen to the Let Us Adore Him uh, Christmas presentation. Yes, we like we would like to... By Dr. Soyam Easton. Yeah, so we would like... Uh, for you to donate to um, Kenya Health and do some giving. But now if you would like to receive something, we also have that uh, intact in for you. So we have the Let Us Adore Him Christmas Celebration Service. It's coming up really soon. So it's, what is it, 22nd of December? When's that? That's like a... What's next the date today? Next week. Oh, it's next week. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. It's the, yeah, it's next Saturday. It's, it's, it's coming, very exciting. This coming Saturday. This coming it's Saturday. Coming, so at the end, of, like, in, what, in, like in six days' time. Yeah. Come along to the Let Us Adore Him Christmas Celebration. It's a free Christmas program. It's going to be wonderful. starts at 10 a.m. at the Maitland St. Adventures Church, which is 72 Brunswick Street in East Maitland. It's free entry. Uh, there's going to be singing songs. You can uh, carol, sing along, but there's also going to be musical performances. Like you said, uh, Sawyer and Eastham, Stones of Eden, uh, Maitland Men's Group, all these different um, performers. And then also a special Christmas message presented by Lyle Southall. Never heard of that guy, though. Just joshing Lyle will be there It will not be a message in song (laughs) (laughs) There will be many other messages in song This one will not be a message in song It's funny funny, funny little tidbit Is that Lyle can whistle better than he can sing Which is really weird Why is that weird? Because usually usually people 
people can't can't whistle, but they can sing. And if you're a really good singer, it usually means you can whistle. But like, if you're a good whistler, it means you can sing. But but you whistle and, and don't seem to sing. I have whistled my entire life. Yeah, it's a, it's an art that I mastered when I was a kid. I watched other people whistling. This was back before oh, the job site radio when people used to whistle on the job site. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I, I listened to that and friends that I had, you know, job sites that I was on when I was a kid, you know, that was people just whistle the tune. And so I'm like, I'm going to learn to whistle. And so I put my lips in that shape and started blowing all over the place and nothing happened for a long time. And then it just suddenly happened. I've been whistling ever since. Love to whistle a tune. But I mean, whistling is whistling, but... It just makes you happy. Yeah. It just makes you so much happier but than listening to the radio. you're a good whistler. Because anyone can just learn how to whistle, but to whistle in tune and, and, and stick to a, a song kind of a thing, it's a bit harder. And hmm. you got it. There you go. Anyway, let's get into our encounter my, with God. My compliment of the day. There you go. I'm feeling... I'm feeling um, what am I feeling? You're feeling good. Validated, I think. Yeah. Is that the word? <laughs> sure, yes. Uh-huh. Something like that. Yeah, but don't worry. <laughs> Lyle will not be today. whistling the Christmas message. <laughs> no, he won't be. We need to get to our 20 million movement. Let's We've been talking it. about everything but our 20 million movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, 20 million movement. Today, we are all studying Ephesians chapter 5. Some very controversial verses here, Mon. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, in very clear language, and this is for you and your future, wives... Submit. <laughs> I think we need to re- read the rest of the verse. Read the rest of the verse. Why? Come on. Don't spoil all of our fun. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, Trevor. <laughs> all right. So where are we up to? Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 uh, and starting in verse 23. For a husband is ahead of his wife as Christ is ahead of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For wives, this means love your wives. Sorry, for husband, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And gave himself for it. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so what's the figure of God's church? What's the the metaphor for God's church that is presented to us in this passage right here, Mon? The uh, symbol. A family. A family, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a family. There's also, just, just back up to the very beginning there, there's another metaphor there as well. It's very similar to the one that you find in First Corinthians. Uh, backing up as uh, head of the church. Head of the church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you've got the metaphor of a body. Yeah. Okay. So let's think about the body. The Bible says that Christ is the head of the church. Um, do Does the rest of your body submit to your head? Yes. Does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. If your mind tells your mouth to move, your mouth moves. If mm-hmm. your mind tells it not to move, it doesn't move. If your mind tells your feet to move, they move. Correct. So the body is entirely surrendered to, well, it's supposed to be anyway, um, and submitted to the head, the brain, yep. the mind. Yep. And so the Bible begins by saying that Jesus is the head. Uh, Jesus is the one that we are to be surrendered to. Jesus is the one that we are to obey in everything. You know, when your body starts to disobey what your brain says, you end up in serious trouble, don't you? Absolutely. You're going to end up on medications. You're going to end up in hospital. You're going to end up facing treatment. You might even end up being locked up. Um, if your uh, brain is, you know, saying your, your body is doing too bad of things, you could be sedated, you could end up in a straitjacket. There are so many different things that could take place when the body does not follow what the brain says 
or if the brain gets messed up, but that's a different story. Okay, so it's incredibly important then, and this is a great metaphor, that we are surrendered to Jesus Christ. This is what Christianity is all about, you know, submission to God, total submission to God, total surrender, so that whatever God says, we do. Now, um, Mon, that was the uh, the first bit there that uh, uh, talks about Christ is the head of the church as the head is the head of the body. What is it? You, you said that there was another metaphor there, the metaphor of a family. Yeah. So read for us uh, again um, that last verse or two that you just read. Um, which bit? Um, read the last verse that you read. Okay. This is like Mon's last day at work here and she's losing herself in her passage. I can't remember which verse was the last verse that I it read. It was the one that talked about husbands loving wives. Okay. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Okay. So what kind of love does that require of the husband? That's some pretty big love. Like to be ready to lay down your life to die for your wife. That's a, that, that is that's a yeah. major requirement right there, mm-hmm. <coughs> um, and any husband who is not prepared to fulfil that requirement should not be married to his wife. Mm. That is not presented as something that is negotiable. It is not presented as something that is earned. It is not presented as something that is deserved. It is presented as a very simple non-negotiable husbands. You must love your wives. If you're going to if you're going to marry this woman, if you're going to commit yourself to this woman, and if you're going to expect her to be committed to you, this is your requirement. It is non-negotiable. You must love her to the point that you are prepared to give her give your life for her, and if you do not love her to that extent, you have no right to marry her. Mm. So how does that make you feel as a woman? Uh, I would feel very protected. Yeah. Very loved. Yeah, I think that that um, and and really this is that's what a woman needs to feel. She needs to feel protected. She needs to feel loved. She needs to feel cared for. This is really fulfilling, you know, the the needs that a woman has. Okay, so then what does the Bible say? Then it says he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Okay, so let's stop there for a moment before we continue on any further. Here, obviously, the Bible is using this metaphor of a family, of um, you know, husbands love your wives even as Christ loved the church. He then goes on to say just how much Jesus loved the church and what He has done for the church. And so, really, this is Jesus talking about you know what He has done for us. He has given His life for us, but He didn't just stop there, did He? Mm-hmm. You know, there are those who sort of, uh, I, I, I guess, um, have this view that salvation, you know, it ends at the point where we accept Jesus Christ. And that salvation has taken place at that particular point. There is nothing more involved. Salvation is purely 100% justification. But here the Bible says that Christ gave his life so that he could wash us. Make us clean. Why do we need to be washed and made clean? Because we're dirty. With what? Sin. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, so if God is washing us and making us clean from the filth of sin, then um, that's a rather dramatic change in our life, wouldn't you say? 
Oh, huge. Yeah. And so in verse 27, how clean does Jesus want to make us? It says he's, uh, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And finishing that off in verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Hmm. Now that's interesting. Okay, so let's run down through what we've got here so far. The Bible says that Jesus wants to present us um, as a glorious church without a spot or a stain or a wrinkle, holy and without blemish. Is that a description of you, Mon? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and that's not a description of any of us. No. But it is a description of what Jesus can do with us. Indeed. And that is fantastic news. Okay, now this part here in verse 28, 29, um, men love, ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. Mm. That seems a little strange, don't you think? Well, you know? I, it could, but then it people. We talk about people, people like this, you know, people that are yeah. you know, so in love with themselves that, um, you know, but it's just making a point of logic. I mean, if you keep reading in verse 29, it says, No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, which is it's just a point of logic. Okay. So yeah. it's not talking about somebody who is totally in love with themselves no, and think that they it's are not, the it's greatest. It's not about conceit. It's not about any of that kind of thing. It mm-hmm. is simply about the fact that we care, of a, care about ourselves. We care Absolutely. about our body. Yeah. And in the same way that we care about our body, we should care about our wife. Yep. And we should uh, put her first. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now, having read that context, verse 22. By the way, this was uh, actually a verse that was left out Mm -hmm. of the uh, study guide. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of wondering why. Why did did they miss this verse out? Maybe they thought that it would create too much discussion. But this is Faith FM. This This is is where we we discuss stuff. We dive right into that kind of stuff. Absolutely. (laughs) 1-800-324-843 is our number. We would love to hear from you and hear your thoughts on any controversial passage that we read here as we work our way through these scriptures this morning. So verse 22. Let us have that one. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. There you go. There's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Just simply says, wife, submit. That's what it's all about, right, Mon? Uh, yeah, yep. And so one day you're <laughs> going to get married and you're going to be totally submitted to your husband, right? Anything he says is like, yes, dear. No, no. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mon the German speaking here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so if it's not like that, Mon, then how is it? Well, basically, it's actually the reverse. So the husband becomes the yes dear. The, the husband becomes the what? <laughs> he becomes the yes dear clown. <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh, <laughs> uh, dearie me. Okay, but how, as, as a woman, how do you actually perceive a passage like this? You sh- do you know what you should do? We should call your wife up and ask her because she's a married woman. You're talking to a single girl here. Absolutely. It's, it's more important for you than for uh, a married woman because this is something you need to take into consideration. It's like, will I get married or will I stay single? Am I prepared to submit? No, no, no. We should call your wife, a married woman, and ask her how this has worked for her. <laughs> That's what we should do. That's what we should do. Shell, go on your yes, phone. Yes, and anybody who knows my wife knows that she can be... Go on. <laughs> go I'm, on. I'm, 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 I'm searching being, for the right word. Yeah, searching for the right word here. Energetic at times. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I love her for it. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. And, and uh, anyway. <laughs> I, I just, I Do just you feel to, like just, you're digging a deep hole, no, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to draw out of you. On navigates of landmines. perspective, a woman's perspective on what the Bible says when the Bible says, wives submit. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just talking to anyone back on you. Anyway, we'll be back to continue this story after this. The sun goes down and the moon cries out its love for you. The world confides in the love that hides between the two. And I know I'm not afraid to call this home. And I know that you aren't too. And you. Mole with you and your crown here on Faith FM. Mon, give us another clue for the quiz. Okay, what am I? Anyone whose name is not found in the book of life will be thrown into a lake of this. Well, 
There it is. Mm-hmm. If you know the answer, one 843 is the number. I and think I've you. Still, I've still been <coughs> trying to pin Mon down on this wives' but, submitting, but I think and she you refuses might, to be pinned down. I on think it. you might be thrown to a lake of this <laughs> when you get home because your wife texted during the song and she was like. Energetic. I have no idea how to take that. <laughs> so you might have some splaining to do when you get home today, Lyle. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, my wife is truly amazing. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> She's the most awesome, awesome person back on the planet. I love her. To Listen bits. to that backpedal and that that's butter. Backpedaling. You are buttering her up because you know you have to explain what you meant by energetic to your wife today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I love it when you get in trouble Lyle. <laughs> I love it when you're trying to get me in trouble When it backfires <laughs> Makes me so happy Okay but you keep You keep just just, just uh-huh. like Not going there Not answering this question I'm really I need good to at not going I wanna, there I want to understand what does it mean Wives submit it's like, I'm really good at not going says. there aren't I how, how do you actually put this into I'm practice I'm like a duck one? Stuff just slides off me <laughs> <laughs> you said that, Mon. You said you were like a duck. Uh huh. I will remember. You, I, re- I will remind. I just. You. I do think it's silly that you keep asking the single person in the room what it means to submit. Well, I'm, in a I'm surrounded by. I'm surrounded by three single ladies right now. There are is, Wait, all the more. All the more reason why you need to pipe up and, and explain what this verse means. Because no, you're very, I'm you've not, been married I'm for. I'm not, didn't you just I'm celebrate your twenty third or twenty fourth um, uh, wedding anniversary? Mm-hmm. So you got to have some experience in this whole like submitting, laying down your life thing. This is clearly your forte. This is your well, field. I have no experience in laying down my life thing. Well, you I'm are prepared kind of to do here, it. You know, yes, right but you're now, prepared so I have no to do it. Experience in that. So you know that you're prepared Thankfully, to do it. Thankfully, I have no experience in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, Lyle, what does it mean that wives should submit to their husbands? Okay, here's, here's here's what I read in this passage right here, and see, this is Mon. She's ducking out of it. She she refuses to go there. Um, so I'm going to have to come in and rescue rescue the situation. There you go. Be a man. Rescue everyone. <laughs> so much sexism on Faith FM this morning. She's got to dial it up a couple of notches. <laughs> well, you can't read this passage without um, getting into sexist conversations, can you? Okay, but it works very simply. And, and, and there's some balancing verses that go along with this that we have not yet read because we haven't read the entire passage. Mm-hmm. But the way I look at it is... Uh, when a person, when a husband loves his wife to the point that he's prepared to give his life for her, none of this ever becomes an issue. Okay. The problem is, the problem comes in when you have a husband who walks in and demands submission without giving love. Mm-hmm. When there's no love in the relationship and it's just like, well, you know, the Bible says, wife, submit, therefore you must. That becomes a, a fractious relationship um, that's simply not going to work. When you have people that are this much in love, you have people who are in a position where they are able to work through whatever situation comes up and to find a solution to it, and they have the determination to do so because they love each other. And, uh, yeah, it works itself out. Okay, but that's not really answering the question because what happens if there's a disagreement between the two, which is the reality of relationships? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be play, um, smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. And it says, Hus- uh, wife, submit to your husbands. Does that mean? So it means 100% of the time the wife must do what the husband says. No. Mine's <laughs> 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 just about to. No, marriage is about negotiation. Yeah. It's about communication. It's about negotiation. 
Uh, it's about working your way through these things and making it work. And um, the balance to this, okay, so we've got to read the balancing verse. Uh, comes in down in verse 33. And this is the one that really balances. This is, this, is, this is the verse that makes it work. Okay, if you just have uh, verse 22, 23 by themselves, 24, then it's an imbalanced relationship. And I think within Christianity, we have often promoted those verses and left this verse out of the equation, and this is the one that actually this is this is the one that will make it work. And if you're struggling in your relationship, if you're struggling with your partner, whatever it might be, uh, then maybe this is the clue to making it work for you. So, verse thirty-two says, "This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one." So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, so the Bible says that a husband must love his wife to the point that he's prepared to give his life for her. That's a tall order, wouldn't you say? Yes, very much. That's a massively, massively tall order. It is a requirement. It is not negotiable. Uh, Love is not an emotion. Love is a principle and it is a decision. It is something that you decide to do. There are emotions that are attached to love, that are a part of love, but love is not an emotion. This is this is where you know we we, we relationships really fall down. You know we we have the Hollywood concept of love, a Hollywood concept of a relationship where people fall in love. Nobody falls in love. You don't fall anywhere when it comes to love. Yeah. Um, love is a decision. It's something that you choose to do. And certainly there's going to be some emotions involved. Uh, there's going to be some infatuation. There's going to be you know all kinds of things that come in as a part of that whole experience. But it is something that you choose to do. And just as you can choose to do it, you can choose not to. And so when the Bible says, um, husbands love your wives to the point that you're prepared to give your life for her, then that does not mean that you are always going to feel warm, gushy feelings for your entire life in relationship to your wife. It does mean that every day when you wake up, you're going to make that decision, I love my wife. I'm prepared to give my life for my wife. I would rather die for her than see her come to harm. The flip side to that comes in down here where the wife is now given responsibilities. And what is the responsibility of the wife there, Mon? To respect her husband. And does the Bible present this as something that is negotiable? No. Does it respect? Does it present it as something that the husband must earn? No, not at all. No, just as the husband is required to love his wife and to simply choose to do so every day, so the wife is required to respect her husband. Yeah, so there should be unconditional so. love and unconditional respect. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you have the two of these going either which way, that's what's going to make a relationship work. Absolutely. And I think our society has distorted this by saying love should be unconditional but respect should be earned in a relationship, which is not true. Like, and that's why imagine, relationships fall apart. Can you imagine when some, one spouse says to the other spouse, you have to earn my love? It's like, no, you've, you're already in a relationship. Love should be unconditional. Mm-hmm. So when they say you need to earn my respect, it's it's No, just you're talking, already in a relationship. Yeah. You've chosen to be with this person. You've, cho- you've committed yeah. your life to them. Yeah. And the Bible says quite clearly, love and respect, both unconditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, that does not mean that you stay in an abusive relationship. Oh, and we, no, have, no, no, no. we have said that many, many, many times over. Both love and respect can be lost because of sin. 
Absolutely. You, you allow evil to come into that relationship. And so, you know, if you're in a relationship where, you know, there is uh, uh, abuse and this kind of thing taking place, then you need to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times when uh, it's time for a relationship to be over, and the Bible is very, very clear about that. Um, you know, the, the 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 Bible does not expect us to stay in a situation of danger. So, love and respect. This is the these are the two parts of this equation that make a relationship work and bring the whole concept into context for us as human beings and this of course works when we make jesus christ the head of our home because the closer we draw to christ the closer we draw to each other it is impossible for anything else to happen and the more a family is prepared to draw near to jesus the more they will draw close to one another Would he 
Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
That was Andrew Peterson with Is He Worthy? You're listening to Faith FM and we have come to question of the day time. Yeah, speaking of question of the day, we, yes. we had a listener text There's a que- through. a certain question that Mon refuses to answer <laughs> and then somebody texts us through and Mon refuses to let me respond to that text. Because the, te- the question, the text was for me, not for you, Lyle. The, que- the text that came through was why is Mon avoiding the question? Okay, so why is Mon avoiding the question? <laughs> well, I just didn't want to answer it because number one, I think it's weird when single people talk about marital stuff like, like as if we have any idea and second of all I do actually have a splitting migraine and I and I wanted to give a very um, clear answer on the topic and I know Lyle's going to be more eloquent and not mess it up and I was just concerned because this topic is a hot topic and a lot of people get really riled up about it and I didn't want to stuff it up because my head's hurting a lot and I didn't want to yeah, Mon has been squinting through this headache all through the show today yeah, so you have to feel very sorry for Mon and please, please pray for her <laughs> thanks she's been suffering this headache for a couple of days now yeah. and uh, it is very debilitating I really didn't want to say the wrong thing on air about submission <laughs> <laughs> and then cop a huge pile of flack uh, okay but Let's move on to the real question of the day. Lyle, wonderful little controversial question again. Should parents lie to their children about the existence of Santa Claus? Okay, so I'm going to give you a, uh, a two contrasting um, uh, methods of children being raised by their parents in relationship to Santa Claus. I was raised in a home where Christmas was about Jesus Christ. And when I asked about the big rat fat red man, uh, my parents told me that he was a, you know, a, a fantasy character, you know, much like any of the other you know, cartoon characters and so forth that are out Easter there. Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy. Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, all that kind of stuff. You know, they just put him into that category and, you know, we were free to talk about Santa um, and, you know, recognize that Santa is all over the place, but never had any serious belief in Santa. But they said, no, Jesus Christ is actually real. He was actually born and he did live on this earth and he did die to save you and I. Okay, so that was that was what I was raised with, and so Santa was never confusing for me. My wife grew up in a very different home. Of course, coming from the United States, they have a much stronger connection to the Christmas festival than what we do ha- have here in Australia. And her parents, you know, out of you know, just tremendous love for her, and I have the greatest uh, in-laws ever, um, they wanted their, you know, their, their children, their two daughters, to really, really enjoy the whole Christmas experience, and they shared with them you know, all about Santa Claus and how wonderful he was, and how he came down the chimney, and you know, did this kind of stuff. And so they believed, you know, as as children do, children tend to believe exactly what their parents say, and so they just like, oh, my parents said that, that is the reality, that's what I believe. And it wasn't until. Uh, she was in year nine at sorry um, year four at school at the age of eight or nine that she found out that um, you know some of her school friends are talking about how that Santa wasn't real anymore and of course she came home in tears and all the rest and and dad's like no 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 he's real and she, you know Shell and her dad have a very very close relationship absolute trust in her dad and uh, um, and so she you know she she believes what he says. Over, of course, the opinion of her school friends. And then, you know, because, you know, he loved her as his daughter and he, he just was disappointed to see that, you know, this, 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 this childhood fun was about to disappear. He wanted to, to go as long as possible. Of course, Christmas Eve, it, it snows very heavily up there in Wisconsin. And he climbs up on the roof and stomps around his boots. He gets a ladder and makes sleigh marks. He gets uh, a, a hoof that he had off of a, a deer and makes all kinds of deer prints all over the roof. And then takes her up there the next morning 
to show her where Santa had been and how Santa had come to the chimney and climbed down the chimney and you know where the the, the reindeer had been and so forth and the and, and the and the sleigh and how it had landed on the roof and so you know once again you know she's quite convinced about the whole thing and uh, she writes a school paper on it and gets absolutely ridiculed ridiculed by all of her classmates because she's like no I know it's real I've seen it and my dad said so therefore it's real and when she eventually found out that it wasn't real it really, really damaged her trust in her dad. Um, up until that point, she'd had that childlike faith that, you know, dad could never lie to me, and now dad has lied to me. And, you know, it was a, a, a um, you know, quite a devastating experience that she went through. Now, her dad did that because he loved her and mm. he wanted the best for her. And parents always, you know, typically do what they see as being the absolute best for their children. But I would say this, and this is my opinion, just from when I contrast my wife's experience with my experience growing up, I would say that my experience was much more positive. My experience was, this is Jesus Christ. He is real. This is Santa Claus. He is not real. Now, of course, in the Roman Catholic tradition, you've got St. Nicholas or Nicholas, um, who, who, know, was real. who was a real person. It's a memorial. Uh, that's right. And, they, and they've moved uh, his special date from December 6th to December 25. And so that's, you know, it's probably a little bit of a different tradition uh, in the Catholic Church. But for those of us, you know, Protestant, evangelical, uh, whatever that are, you know, we, we don't worship saints and so forth um, or pray to saints, that kind of thing. Um, then I, it's, it's we, we need to be very very clear. And as far as the uh, the the jolly red fat man with the big beard, no, he's a, he's a fantasy character. And uh, if you want your children to have fun with a fantasy character, that's entirely your decision, provided that you draw a very clear line between what is fantasy and what is reality. Mm. And children can enjoy Santa Claus as a fantasy just as much, if not more, if you want to have that as a part of your home. If they know that he is a fantasy, just the same way when and they that read, way you don't have to lie to your children. You yeah. can tell them the truth. Just the same way that they would enjoy books or you know cartoon characters on TV that they know aren't real. They still enjoy them. It doesn't it doesn't impinge upon their enjoyment. And they have got studies that have discovered that kids who genuinely believed in the existence of Santa and Easter Bunny that kind of thing um, were more likely as adults to become irreligious. So they grow up in a religious home. They're more likely to become irreligious because of this disconnect. So yeah, it's interesting to know that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for answering that question, Lyle. If you have a question, call us up now. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. We love answering your questions for Question of the Day. You can also send them through any social media platform. I saw your substance yet unformed Knew your days before you were born Love from ages past I've sworn I hold you in my care Towards you are deep and vast More countless than the ocean sands From your first cry to your last breath And though you hide and die 
It's the end of the show. Lala and I are off in La La Land. <laughs> That's the end of the year, Mon. It's the end of Sad the year. excuse. We are giving away a free giveaway right now, just in time for Christmas. Uh, we're giving away a book. It's called Hope for a Helpless Planet. Lala, the reason I chose this is because we did talk about Brexit. People are probably very confused and uncertain about what the future is holding. And also because it is December, and December is tragically one of um, a, high, a high risk month when it comes to suicide. People are very stressed out, uh, very worried. You know, financial uh, situations uh, escalating around December. People are getting into debt, and uh, and so I wanted to give away a book that might help combat this sense of confusion, stress, and hopelessness. Mm. And so it's a wonderful book, uh, Hope for a Hopeless Planet. It's by Chris Holland. We are giving away one copy completely for free. All you have to do is call us now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, and we will send this to you for free in the post. And I should say that uh, at our place, every Christmas, every year, we have an open door policy. Our door is open on Christmas Day, and anyone can come through it and spend Christmas Day you know, with us. Uh, and so, hey, you live in the Allendale area, then just give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and we'll see what we can uh, we'll make those arrangements. But um, Indeed. It's, it's one of those days that if you're feeling lonely, don't feel lonely on Christmas. Mm. Give us a call here at Faith FM. Yeah, and this book is, is this book is really wonderful. It, it goes, it, It's based on the, um, on the promise and the assurance given by Jesus in uh, John, where it says, Let not your heart be troubled. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. So it's, a, it's about that wonderful promise that Jesus made to us. Of course, if you would like to study more about the Bible... Give us a call here as well, 1-800-FAITH-FM. You know the number by now. We have many wonderful Bible studies that we can set up for you, be it online, in group, uh, one-on-one. Many different ways to study the Bible. I would like to say thank you so much for tuning in this year. I will talk to you guys next year and Lyle will be with you for the rest of the week. I have never seen your love move.
make this pledge to you that my love would be a strong tower that I'll be forever true I'll give my all to make you happy be your support 